22, Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. The priests and, and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John and, because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old. This is God's word. Good morning. Good morning, Reality Church. This is uh, my first time <clears throat> standing here with you preaching as a, uh, a member of the pack. Uh, I, I, I have been coming here <laughs> as a guest speaker, so I'm, I'm very relaxed. Um, I heard a story um, from a friend of mine. Um, his Nigerian fr what his Nigerian friend uh, told him. When his Nigerian friend came from Nigeria to Britain, um, in the first few months, he have had a very difficult time in, in, in London. And one day he was really discouraged and downcast and he was just walking on the street. And he saw a sign on a, on a building it says, take courage. And he was really, really encouraged by that message. And he was amazed that 
these kinds of godly messages are in the, on the streets of London. And he was really admiring um, what a godly uh, city it is. And then uh, eventually, a few months afterwards, he realized that uh, courage was actually a name of a beer. <laughs> but it, it worked. God spoke to him uh, that time, and he was encouraged by it. We're not talking about that kind of courage uh, today. Um, we are, we'll be look, as you know, we're looking at the book of Acts and how um, the early church uh, Christians uh, were alive and successful in their mission. What made them to be alive and successful in their uh, mission? Today we'll be looking at Acts uh, chapter 4, where we see one of the ingredients of, uh, for their success, successful life and ministry, which is courage. Um, you know, throughout the book of Acts, it was the, the courage of the people of God that um, uh, made the gospel to, to, to spread throughout um, Israel as well as beyond. And even today, um, in all parts of the world, it is the courage and the obedience of the people of God that made the, the gospel to spread and the people um, to get saved, despite uh, persecutions and um, danger. So in cha chapter 4 actually starts in chapter 3. And the story in chapter 4 was, you know, the, in chapter 3, uh, we see Peter and John going to the temple uh, in the afternoon at 3 o'clock in prayer time. And as, as you know that um, it, it was actually amazing for them to go to the temple uh, even to start with because they, as, you, as, you, as you know, they were, um, after the, the days of Christ, after the crucifixion of Christ, they were hiding away from the public and they were scared and afraid of persecution, that they will be persecuted as Jesus was persecuted. And for them to come to the temple prepared to, to preach, the gospel actually demonstrates their, their courage and that we notice that the Peter and John uh, that we know be, before the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the Pentecost are, are, are not the same, the same people. Something significant happened to them to give them that courage to go boldly to a place where they could possibly be persecuted and that's what actually happened. And in um, uh, chapter 3, verse 2, it says that, Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put um, every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. I am sure uh, they might have seen this man before, even several times. But this time it was different. They discerned that God was doing something in his life. You know, it says that Peter looked at him, um, you know, uh, for a while before he, act, he, he, he acted, um, pulling the man up and say, you know, I'll, I'll give you what I have. He discerned, he saw that God was preparing uh, to meet him at the place of his need. And I, I, I feel that um, there, is a, there is a lesson uh, for us. And, I, and, you know, God is always ahead of us when it comes to evangelism. We never go ahead of God. God is working in people's life. He's out there persuading and changing and trying to meet people at the place of their, their need. So for us to discern what God is doing in people's life and, and, and really, um, you know, uh, is, is, is very, very uh, key for effective evangelism. And um, um, for that, we need to, pause and, and really be attentive 
of, of uh, what God is doing in the life of uh, people before we actually take the act of speaking. So, um, now this man was healed, as, as you know, the story, and he was overjoyed. He had been there for, for years and years and years, and, and he, the people know him, and, <clears throat> you know, he was uh, healed, and he was jumping and praising God and rejoicing, and he was with Peter and John, and the people was really amazed. They didn't know what, what happened. This lame man they, they have known for years, now his life is totally transformed and standing and rejoicing and praising God. You know, the, a transformed life is always attractive. And he was totally <clears throat> transformed. And um, Peter use, uses that opportunity to direct the attention of the people from the healed man to the risen uh, Christ. And he, uh, and, and he was not uh, shy to boldly declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of um, this. And he was declaring and, and preaching the gospel. This, of course, didn't sit well with the authorities, the priests and uh, captains of the temple guard, Sadducees, and all the religious party in charge of the temple activities came and arrested them. That is when where um, chapter 4 um, begins. Now, Peter's preaching was a threat to those people, to these authorities. They were unsettled by it. It was shameful for them as religious leaders who are supposed to know better to, to be accused of killing the Messiah. And and it undermines their honor and position in the society. They, were the, they, are, they, are, they are actually the, the people who are highly respected and honored. And, and it, it will take the people's attention away from them. They enjoy attention from, from people, these this religious leaders. And it, it could cause the crowd to turn against them. They, they could actually be persecuted because of what uh, Peter was preaching. They would lose their benefits from what they were getting from people. And it, it was contrary to their, their, their doctrine. They, their expectation of the Messiah was completely different from the way Jesus came to the world and the way Jesus actually left the world. It was totally different. And some of them, particularly the uh, Sadducees, they, 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 they didn't believe in resurrection. They, you know, they tolerated uh, uh, priests and others who believe in resurrection because it was in theory. Now Peter is demonstrating to them that Jesus is actually alive and this work, this man, this lame man is healed by, by this resurrected Jesus. So the resurrection becomes it's not just a far idea, now it's a reality, a manifestation in front of them. So they couldn't argue with that and, and they don't know how to handle it. So they were annoyed and, and, and you know, eventually the, they started um, uh, persecuting them. So uh, Peter's John's arrest for preaching in the temple marks the beginning of the, a pattern of persecution against the church that continues through the book of Acts. Persecution is happening in many parts of the world today. You know, it, it's, it's, it takes different forms and shapes. In, in the north Nigeria, in Iran, China, Pakistan, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, North, north Korea, uh, North Korea, Christians are dying for their faith or having to flee. In Indonesia, I, I read, uh, uh, in Indonesia and Malaysia, um, that Christianity is carefully confined along ethnic lines and evangelism is very much restricted. 
So the form that, is, that this wave of persecution takes is frequently violent. Now, despite all that persecution, Christians like the early church are courageous in preaching the gospel and standing for what they believe. You know, um, I came to know the Lord when, it, when Christianity was under persecution in Ethiopia. There was no, the church was closed. And, and, and um, you, you know, people were courageous enough to, to share the gospel with others. And I'm, I am actually um, a fruit of that. I remember one story about this Eritrean um, gospel singer and how um, her persecution, her life for standing, uh, for preaching the gospel and also standing for her face, cost her. She gave her t- a testimony to BBC on their Heart and Soul uh, program. Her name is Helen. Helen came to know Jesus when she was eight years old. During that time, the, her mom, dad, and sister were all in prison for political matters. Growing up, Helen always loved to sing. She told the BBC that when she sang, the sadness disappears. By age 14, Helen was writing her own worship music. By age 18, she was preaching in the streets and uh, claimed the government had no problem with with her preaching. That was until 2002, when the laws changed surrounding religious freedom and she was arrested for preaching. In May 2004, the government closed down Helen's church And as a result, Helen decided to start recording her worship song so that even through the church could, could, you know, the church could not not, uh, um, gather together, they could still listen to worship music. Now, Helen was arrested shortly after releasing a a Christian gospel CD. During her imprisonment, Helen sang in her uh, her jail cell. She shared um, that her jail cell was a dark and cold metal container. The prison she was in offered her little to, uh, uh, little to no food and no bathroom to use. With no blanket to keep her warm, chained to a wall, she sang loudly in worship to God. She told the BBC that through her singing, the Holy Spirit covered all the pain, she said, uh, all the pain I had. Eritrean prison like, is like hell on earth, she said. At any moment, she could have been freed if she signed a document denying Jesus Christ, but Helen refused. Days before her release, she was taken away from her jail cell and was beaten with black roads, turning her body black and blue. Even in the midst of the beating, she said she continued to sing, turned her eyes to heaven. It was after this beating, she said that the guards realized they could not do anything to get her to deny her faith. After her release, she fled from Eritrea to Sudan. Shortly after she uh, fled to Sudan, she was able to help her family flee as well. And now she lives in Denmark. Looking back, Helen explained to the BBC that throughout her life, she has learned that you need to trust God and worship him in the storms. In the West, Christian persecution is different from the East. Or, or the South, what I just, what I just heard in, in the life of Helen. It is completely different. But it is still persecution, and it takes courage to be a witness for Christ in our, in our time, in our, in our city. It is also, you know, alarmingly increasing, the pushback against Christianity. In 2010, uh, the, the Catholic Archbishop of Chicago, Cardinal Francis George, made this prediction. He said... I expect to die in, in bed, my successor will die in prison, and his successor will die a murder in public square. 
That means that if we want the gospel to, sp to, uh, to spread, if we want to serve our city, if we want people to be saved, we need courage. Now, we will look at the nature of the persecution in the West as we look at Peter's and John's story in chapter 4 and how they showed courage. They showed courage, they demonstrated courage in three, in three ways. I, I, I understood it to be kind of three uh, um, uh, ways uh, that they demonstrated their courage. The first one was they showed courage when confined. They put them in prison in a confined space. Their freedom was taken and they, they were restricted from accessing the people and they pushed them and, and took them away from the public space. They were preaching in the public space, they were engaging with people and sharing, and, but they were confined. They took them away, uh, they, they, away from, from that um, uh, possibility of engaging with people in a confined space. They were confined. In, in their confinement, they showed courage. They stood firm in what they believed. This is the kind of persecution I believe that what's happening in Britain today. Christianity is pushed from the public arena, you know, confined in a private space. As long as you practice your religion in your building, that's fine. Don't bring it out in, this, in, the, in the public uh, sphere. We are being confined in the name of uh, tolerance, political correctness. There's, there is Christophobia in, in the public space today. You can talk anything except raising the name of Jesus Christ. Like Peter and John, hundreds and thousands of brothers and sisters in the world, in the world um, are courageous enough to speak the truth when they are uh, confined. So we need, to, we need courage to um, share the gospel when we are confined and pushed back. As the witness of Jesus Christ, we cannot be confined because God is in the business of revealing his son through us, through, through our life. That, you know, that cannot be stopped. And that's what it says in, in Luke. Um, uh, Luke says that despite the persecution, many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew uh, to be about 5,000 despite that uh, persecution. So... God is at work in our life, spreading the aroma of Christ through us. And in, in uh, First Corinthians, in Second Corinthians uh, chapter, uh, in First Corinthians chapter two, you know, Second Corinthians chapter two, uh, verse fourteen to seventeen, Paul said this: but, "But thanks be to God, who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession." and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. Now, for we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are, uh, who are perishing. To the one, we are an aroma that brings death. To the other, an aroma that brings life. So we see three congregations, three, so, so to God and to those who are, who are say, being saved, and uh, to those who are perishing, we are, we are the aroma of Christ. So God uh, smells the aroma coming out of us. It is the, the beauty of Christ, the righteousness of Christ, the holiness of Christ that God, God is, uh, arises from our life to God. And also, P 
people, when we, when, we, when we live a Christian life, when we are willing to live out our Christian life, when we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, God is in the business of revealing the fragrance of Christ to other people. So people will smell that life. They, they, they become attracted to that life. They receive that life. Some of them, for that, they smell death because it is like, they, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is like light in the darkness. It reveals their heart. It, it reveals the lie they are living. And they don't like it. And because of that, there, there, there will be uh, persecution. So as long as you are silent, you don't, you don't have a problem. But persecution starts the moment you are willing to allow God to share um, the, his, the, the, the aroma of Christ through you. As long as you, when, when you are willing to share the gospel of uh, Jesus Christ. So our responsibility is really to be the vessel of the aroma of Christ. We can't stop people being offended by the gospel. They will be offended. There will be some people uh, uh, get offended. They, they, there isn't any uh, good time or bad time to uh, share the gospel. There are people who receive the gospel. There are people who are rejecting the gospel. So, so uh, uh, for this is... He said, for this fragrance, for, the, for us, our life to reflect the, the life of Christ, for this, um, the aroma of Christ to, to, to manifest through us. We are not worthy of that, Paul says, but it is, uh, it's not our competence, but the comp our competence comes from God. We need to be courageous when we are confined and pushed um, from the public arena. They showed, secondly, they showed courage when they were charged. Now, they were charged in, in uh, verse 15, chapter 4, verse 15. It says that, then they called them in, in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Uh, in the name of Jesus. They charged them with a lifetime of silence when it comes to Christ. You shouldn't talk about this name ever again. And it wasn't a, a, a vain threat. They could have been, they, they know that, they, they say, they, they know that they, will, they could be killed if they uh, trespass that, that charge. It's a serious, serious charge. They could be imprisoned, they could be persecuted, they could be, um, they, they could even involve days. So it wasn't um, uh, a vain um, charge. But, but um, Peter and uh, John, Peter responded that, uh, replied, what is right, um, in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judge. As, as for us, we cannot help but speak about what we have, uh, we have seen and heard. They were bold enough to challenge that charge. They show courage in the face of that charge to keep them silent. I think in, in, in the West today, a growing political assault already underway again at the church, including undermining religious liberty laws with legislations uh, presented as hate speech and anti-discrimination laws. It's just, I'm not trying to uh, scaremongering here. I'm, I'm trying to make us be conscious of the context that we are living in and so that uh, we may um, uh, you know, uh, earnestly uh, ask God to give us courage to speak despite all the, the, the situations that's happening. So there's uh, consider the hate speech and anti-discrimination laws. Western Christianity is an enormous cultural opposition from forces portraying the church as not merely irre you know, irrelevant, but actually dangerous. 
bigoted, narrow-minded, and educationally, Christianity is ridiculed as being science deniers. So Christians are increasingly targeted economically even in the marketplace and workplace for refusing to comply with uh, views which are opposed to biblical morality. We are being charged as arrogant, argumentative, hostile, and even confrontational. All this is forcing Christians to be silent. You know, we are, we are, we are internalizing all these things, and, and we are conscious of that. It's actually making us to be silent in, uh, at a time when we, can, we should actually speak uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we are witnesses of Christ, as, as, as uh, Peter and John said. We have seen this. We cannot be silent. We are witnesses. We have seen and experienced his saving power, his grace, his love, and that he's alive and near, and that he, he delivers and gives life, changes lives, and that he's good. We have tasted his goodness. We are his witnesses. We are not talking about a story we read in a book uh, or other people's experience. We have tasted his grace personally. We know that he's, he's love. We were blind once, and now we can see. So we cannot be silent, but it takes courage to speak when we are charged. Certainly, they showed courage when they confessed Christ. You know, they preached Christ without compromise, without fearing the consequences, you know, not trying to articulate the gospel in non-offensive ways, trying to please man. And they, they boldly declared who he is and what he has done. You know, they said, it is by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, by, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which was, became the cornerstone. And salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind which, by which we must be saved. Very, very bold, courageous confession before the people who actually crucified Christ. You know, they showed courage when they confessed Christ. It takes courage, isn't it, for us today to preach nothing but Christ. You know, I don't know if, if, you're, if you're like me at times, you know, not to uh, offend people. You just preach and talk about all kinds of things, philosophies, trying to do, you know, um, uh, uh, demonstrate how Christianity is a very, very, um, you know, reasonable, um, logical phase. And, you know... Um, uh, go away without raising uh, the name of Jesus, just to, to not to offend those people. Um, you know, they may go admiring how much we know, but uh, they wouldn't come to know, um, to know the Lord, would they, if we don't share the gospel? So I remember uh, countless um, times where I was going around and around fearing, you know, um, to mention Christ, knowing that the moment I mention Christ, they will be offended. So to, to save that offense, I just talk about all kinds of things and wondering, you know, maybe God will have a way to, to, to speak to, speak to this, those people. But the days when I am actually bold enough to share the gospel, the result is completely different. My expectation of them being offended is actually um, is, uh, totally uh, far from what, what happens, people actually respect a response to that because God is at work through us um, revealing the aroma of Christ. 
Um, so they, they confessed Christ when they were confined. They, they, they were courageous. They showed courage when they were charged. They showed courage when they were, uh, when they were proclaiming Christ. But what was the source of their courage? As you remember, uh, Peter and, and John, uh, particularly Peter's life, he was not a courageous person. You know, you remember before um, Jesus was crucified, you know, Jesus, uh, Peter denied uh, Christ. He was not a courageous, he was a very fearful man. He, he denied the, the, you know, the, the person who had been with him all that long. And, you know, and uh, when Jesus was crucified, they ran uh, to their houses and they closed the door. And it actually Jesus came into the house saying, peace be to you, you know, while they were in a closed uh, uh, situation. So they, they were not courageous, courageous people. But what happened? Where did they get that courage? I think there are a few things we need to uh, reflect on as a source of their courage. The first, the first one is the Holy Spirit. You know, Peter, you know, Luke is... Um, uh, specifically highlighting the fact that whenever Peter speaks, he says, full of the Holy Spirit. Peter being filled with the Spirit is an indicator that the Holy Spirit played a great role in Peter's courage. This reminds us of Jesus' words. Don't worry about what you will be speaking when you stand before the rulers. The Spirit of your Father will give you what to say. The Spirit of God is with you when you come to speak about Jesus, you know, about the, the, the message of Jesus Christ. He is with you. The Spirit of God is with us. So, so the Holy Spirit is the source to show that this kind of uh, response in the face of danger is possible only by the power of the Holy Spirit. God gave us his Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give us courage. If we are willing and, 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 and ask him, you know, God will fill us and empower us to uh, speak um, the gospel in the presence of persecution. In order to be witness of Christ in our day and age, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to empower us. We need to know that he is with us always to give us courage. And the second um, source of courage is the living Christ, the hope of the resurrection. Now, the reality of the resurrection Christ is in front of them. Jesus Christ is alive for them. They have seen him. He's alive. He's the hope of resurrection. Not just only Christ's uh, resurrection, but they have a hope of resurrection. Even if they die, they know where they're going. You know, for, as Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So that, the reality of the spiritual world, the reality of being with God was, uh, that was the source of that courage. There is, you know, his presence. And this life is not the end. Uh, if we die, we will be with him. The third um, source of courage is the conviction that there is no other name for human salvation. No other name. It, it, you know, his death and resurrection, his exaltation, authority constitutes him to be the one and only savior since nobody else possesses his qualification. Jesus Christ is the savior of the world. There is no other hope for humanity. So when you actually internalize and, and, and be convicted, convinced of the fact that there is no other name for people to, to, to save, we have a message that determines the destiny of humanity. That actually could give us to go forward despite our fear, to be courageous enough to, to share the gospel. When we are convinced that there is no other name given to human salvation, that vivid picture of people being saved will become the source of courage for us. I think the fourth source is the transcendental vision of God. God for them, they knew that it is God who is in charge of a situation. 
In human affairs, God is in charge. God is, God is above the situation, the trait of people, the, the trait of authorities. God, you know, that, that, that transcendency of God, that his, um, his sovereignty over all things, that it's not actually man's, man who does, uh, man cannot do anything to them unless God uh, allows them to. You know, in, in John 19, you remember when Jesus was uh, faced with um, um, uh, Herod, uh, he said, Herod told, told Jesus, he said, don't you re realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? And then Jesus said, Jesus said, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. So that conviction that no one can do anything to us unless the Father allows it, will actually give us courage. No one has, uh, 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 you know, uh, a power over us. And it is, it is that, um, you know, uh, will give us I will, uh, the promise that God said, I will never leave you, never forsake you. So we say with confidence, the, the Lord is with, with me. Um, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? That understanding of God, God's sovereignty actually give us uh, to be the source of um, gain. Finally, what, what, what are the things that would hinder our courage? I think, uh, uh, first, it is feeling of being inadequate. You know, sometimes we think that if I know enough, I will be courageous to witness. You know, I am, if I am educated enough or if I have the answer for all questions, uh, you know, uh, I will be courageous to share. But we see that um, the, the, actually the, the Pharisees and those people who are, who are knowledgeable sitting there was looking at Peter and, and, and John, they, they, they can see that these people are, were not learned people. They were not educated people as, they, as their standard. It is the, the courage, will be, you know, didn't come from, um, you know, they saw courage in them and they realized their courage was not from their schooling relying on their knowledge. They were ordinary men. They were astonished by that. They noted that they have been with Jesus. It's actually their relationship, communion with Jesus that gave them that courage, not the knowledge or because they have the answer, but they have the one who have the answer for those situations that gave them courage. And um, so when we think that we have to know a lot to be able to share the gospel, that is where we, we actually lose courage. When you, you are appreciated and you don't want people to see you differently, you know, sometimes you go to, you know, in your workplace and around, around other people, people see you as knowledgeable person and, and really high of you. And you know that if you, and they, you know that they, they don't see Christianity that way. They see Christianity as as a religion of, uh, you know, um, uh, you know old-fashioned religion and, and, and uh, you know, it's illogical kind of thing. We know that if we say that, we will lose uh, respect, their respect. And that is when we, we lack, when our honor and respect becomes a main thing for us, that we, we uh, lose courage to share the gospel. Where Christianity is seen as a religion of the past or illogical, where potentially you will be rejected. You know that people reject you, and I'm afraid of, of rejection could actually cause us to lose courage. When I feel I will be offending people, and, and I don't want to offend people, and, 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 and not to offend people could actually hinder us from being courageous. When, when we want to be polite, 
you know, um, and, and that could actually uh, hinder our courage. And when, and when we uh, become extremely um, uh, sensitive of political correctness and uh, a tolerance could also be um, uh, a source that, would actually, uh, uh, that could actually hinder our um, courage. So courage is the ingredient that helped the early Christians being alive and successful in serving the city. They were courageous when they were confined. They were courageous when they were charged. They were courageous when they confessed Christ. It is not, you know, that courage was not their own uh, um, manufacturing. It's actually, it's not by power. It's not by strength. It is by the spirit of God. God's spirit is with us. God wants to manifest the aroma of Christ through our life to the lost world. So when we uh, allow that conviction, the fact that we have a message with us that, is, that would determine the destiny of humanity, that we will be courageous enough to drop our honor and, 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 uh, be, and take the risk of being rejected, being ridiculed, as Jesus was rejected and ridiculed, and to, to stand alongside him to um, preach the gospel. Let's be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit with us. He is with us to do just that. Let's, let's be aware that there's no other name given for the salvation of humanity. Let's stand together and, and pray. Let's ask God to fill us by his spirit afresh. It is not by might, it is not by power, it is not by our knowledge. It is by the spirit of God. That God is with us. This, that the resurrected Christ, the living Christ is with you and with each one of us. And God is at work in our life to show and the world to reveal the fragrance of Christ through us when we step out boldly to declare the message of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. We this time remember those uh, people, uh, your people, our brothers and sisters in different countries who are being persecuted or being imprisoned and beaten and put to days. Lord, we thank you for the courage that you have given them. We thank you, Father, despite the persecution, they... they we are faithful to stand and declare your word and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I am the fruit of that ministry. They risk taking the, the risk to share the gospel when they know that they can be persecuted. Thank you for the people who have come to know you through their sacrifice. We pray today, Father, in, in our nation, as Christianity is being pushed, that, Father, that we may be courageous knowing that you are with us, knowing that we, you have given us this message that will make a difference in people's life. Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, we, 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 we don't have that courage um, on our own. We, we need you to help us. We need you, Lord, um, 
to fill us afresh by your spirit. We seek your face today, Lord Jesus, and we pray for our nation. Let this gospel run throughout this nation. Let the gospel of Jesus Christ be known to people in this land, in this city, Father. We pray and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, we pray.